You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good day once again, everybody. Welcome to this latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. It is brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. I'm Derek Gunn. You know, we we put athletes in general on this pedestal, and a lot of times we forget that athletes are human like ourselves. They have highs, they have lows. Uh, in terms of athletes, they also battle opponents, but many of them have to battle demons along the way as well. My guest for this Gun on One is an incredible guy who I've known for a long time. I'm proud to call him a friend. Um, I've always enjoyed his work, enjoyed watching him as a player. He is former Flyers defenseman Chris Terrian. And Chris, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing great, Gunnar. Anytime I get to spend a few minutes with you, it's a great day. You're a great person. Uh, Thank you, and brother. I'm just so happy to be on with you here today. Thank you, man. I know your time is limited because of what you're in now. So I hopefully I won't take up too much of your time, but your story is incredible, man. And 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 I recently read the article that Sam Carcitti uh, wrote on you about what you went through as an athlete and as a broadcaster early in your career. And after I read this article, man, I stepped back and the first thing that came to my mind was Chris is lucky to be alive, to be here, to tell this story. Would you agree? A hundred percent. When I look back at it now, I mean, you know, when I got to the end of that, uh, you know, excuse me, the middle of the 2006 season is when it really was at its height, uh, where I had to, um, I mean, it was, people talk about 2020. Yes. 2020 was a bad year. My 2006, I think will be very difficult for, for, to come over, uh, anything like that. I went through that year. I had, uh, I was at probably the height of my alcoholism in early June of 2006, uh, I was alone. I was, you know, nobody, I mean, you don't want to be around anybody. Nobody really wants to be around you. 
So my reward for that, and I decided to call the league, was the sudden death of my sister. Uh, On June 11th, she went in and had a cardiac event. We'd never really known about it. And uh, she passed on June 17th of 2006. So, you know, you you take uh, the things that, you know, go on in your life, the good, the bad, the ugly. This was the ugly. And uh, I had to get through her funeral in the state I was in. Uh, and then I got into a 30 day rehab on uh, July, about around about July 7th of, of that year. Uh, it was the dip, most difficult three months of my life, I think, getting through that summer where I ended up getting a couple of years. I started over at Comcast and mm-hmm. uh, like any uh, any alcoholic or anybody that has had uh, issues, most of the time they want to kind of find out if it's for real. So about 2008 ish in pushing maybe late summer. I went yeah. back out for a couple of years again, not ever to the level I was in 06, but I just wanted to find out if, if maybe it agreed with me. And I found mm. out very quickly again that, uh, you know, once that cucumber becomes a pickle gunner, yeah. you're never going to go back and become a cucumber again. I was a pickle wow. for life. And, uh, and, and I realized after that, that, you know what, I have so much more to live for. I have uh, four, I had a new, uh, brand new son in 06, which was the highlight of my year. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, three amazing daughters that, you know, I, I saw uh, needed uh, someone to look up to, someone from the care. You know, I had a great mom, uh, just an amazing woman to be able to care for them through that and stand by what I was going through. So um, I got through it. You know, I decided on February uh, 7th, 2011, this is it, you know. And I was never, like I said, I'd never come back to that high again. Yeah. It was more just teetering. I was by myself. Maybe I get a weekend off. I go for a week and then stop for four months and then kind of go through that cycle. I didn't, I had to end that cycle too. It just mm-hmm. was not conducive. It was not going to work. I wasn't doing any damage to anybody, but I was doing damage to my own self and my own mind and my kids. And my, and when I said I stopped, you know, I stopped for my kids. You have to find, they say, find a higher yep. power. My higher power was my kids. You know, there's nothing mm-hmm. that we love more. And, you know, I see your stuff on Facebook and your yep. grandkids. It's all about family. And, yep. and to me, that was the most important thing. And, and I did not want to have my kids exposed to that. So what happened when I did that? Um, I've been, I've reaped nothing but rewards since then. I've had my three daughters flourish uh, as students, as people, mm-hmm. just amazing young ladies to talk to. Uh, and, I, and I don't think that they would be who they were. I mean, I said, you know, I, I look at their sports accomplishments. You know, they're all two of them play together at Loyola, Maryland. They just adore yeah. each other. I have two daughters playing at a D1 program as sisters together. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And then I have a third daughter who's going to Boston University next year. And there's even rumor going around right now that they may actually be all in one game next year. That's what wow. I'm hearing. So, but again, those are those are the things that I look at. Not so much that the fact that they're good basketball players, but it's the fact that they I allow, they were allowed to flourish um, because I didn't have they didn't have that uh, ailment to have to deal with the family mm-hmm. disease. I was cutting it out of the family, and that's where my kids said, you know, like two of the three of them were were sell Jersey players of the year. I just look at it, not so much as I brag about their accomplishments, but I, I, I'm proud of the, that they didn't have to deal with all the garbage that comes along with an addictive household. And unfortunately, you know what? I see it all the time. So I cut out that, cut out that part of it. And, uh, and I've had nothing but success uh, in, in being a good dad. Uh, it's not perfect all the time, right? Sure. At least it is no, there's no involvement with, with anything else. If we have a dis- this dispute or something that I want to say, I have credibility again as a dad, as a man, yes. to say, uh, you know what? Hey, I, I played in the pros, and um, 
you know, I've gone through some stuff. So let me, let me try to give you a life lesson on things. And, and kids, we see them every day, right? God are like, why? That's right. That's right. I'm not naive enough to know that these kids aren't going to go out and live life. I want them to experience life. Um, and, and that's part of being a dad, but I, I just felt that my greatest gift to them was to, um, allow them the opportunity to be their, the best version of themselves that they never would have been in a house with addiction. When you were at your lowest low, you you said that you know no, you didn't want to be around anybody. You were in a dark place. Didn't you have anybody at that point you felt you could reach out to, whether it was your wife, a, a teammate, a coach, or somebody? You know what? I'm, I'm not. No, I mean, I was really. I was. I was on my own. I, I could. I have, and people would have received. To me, the the most cowardly move I've made in my life was to not have asked for help well before that, like early into the 2005 season. But the problem is you're playing, right? And if you're not there playing, you feel like you're letting your team down. So who am I to say, well, listen, I got to get this under control so I'm the best Mm -hmm. version of myself on the ice. I can never be the best version of myself on uh, on the ice ever again. Okay. Uh, But when I say I was alone, yeah, I mean – you're an embarrassment to yourself. That's how I felt. I felt like a loser, like an embarrassment. Mm. That this is the way that this is the end of a great, beautiful career and an amazing city has come. And I, what I didn't realize afterwards is that, uh, you know, where I'm at now is that none of that really mattered. People still would have loved the person and cared for it, especially this city, man. I mean, they love second chance. That's right. That's they right. They love hockey stories. And, um, and I don't consider myself that I consider myself more a miracle in terms of the fact that I'm still here and that, and that great things have happened to me in the last decade since, you know, my last drink. So um, I wear it as a badge of honor. I let people know the only way that I could really let this story come out was to share what I went through. But when I say a dark place, Gunner, I would park my truck at night sometimes and I would just turn the engine on where no one would see me, the lights, and I just go to sleep. I just want wow. to be Yeah. I mean, that's that people do this. I mean, that's what happens. You just don't want to be around. You don't want to burden your family. You don't want them to have to go through it. Your wife, I mean, no matter what, it, it you can't expect a woman to just continually lend support to a person who continually behaves like that. So from that standpoint, I was probably on the outs. Um, hmm. I had a long way to go. I had a long road to hoe and it was on my shoulders to do it. So when I finally did get, but I will say this: so in recovery, yeah. when I finally did get it, it did come with a, with a, a sober community, great people that mm-hmm. had uh, had issues before, uh, struggled, pulled themselves out of the out of the well, and became better people for it. So it was really when I said, you know what, uh, I'm going to be. A, you know, I first got. I said I had the two years. It was more of those like uh, I wasn't drinking two years. It wasn't mm-hmm. quite the I'm living now again, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I'm doing now and what I've done since you know probably uh, the early onset of of, of the last decade. So that's the difference. Uh, I think now in my recovery, I mean, I'm a a much, much different place right now than I, than I was. And uh, to be able to give back now and to help and even seeing what I've seen the last, you know, month, month and a half since Limitless has opened Mm -hmm. uh, has been very, very rewarding and very awakening in its own right. You know, it allows me to, to see what happens every day to get myself another day uh, it's, mm. it's a one day at a time process. Uh, that's how this, this game works. And, uh, and I want everyone to know, like, you know, you can't look at me if you tell me that you can't get sober, you can get sober right. because I did. And when I said, when I went to that rehab, like, uh, yeah, going back to them, people say, well, what did, why did you almost die? When I went to rehab in June of, of that 2006, my blood alcohol level was a 0.63. What? Uh, and that's, that's off the charts. You're dead at point four. And wow. I, 
and I was walking and talking in a straight line. My joke used to be with people was if a cop had pulled me over and gave me one, like a roadside one, he would have just said, go ahead. There's something wrong with my machine (laughs) because none of it would have added up at all. But uh, yeah, the guy, Karen said, you know, we've been here for 50 years and you're the first person that has ever survived anything like that. So was that the reality check you needed at that point? Well, the guy, yeah, and the doctor called me in two days later at the, at the rehab and he said to me, uh, I got to be honest with you, if you weren't a world-class athlete for the last 15 years, you'd be dead. Jeez. Like he goes, there's no other way around. You'd just be dead. Uh, so thank God that you were uh, uh, a longtime hockey player. Your body was at peak physical condition. Even at 34, 35 then, I think I was, I was up there and in terms of an athlete and uh uh, so that, that's where I was. So when people look at me now and, and, and my, the thing that I love the most is I built, rebuilt my credibility, uh, of myself, mm-hmm. uh, family and friends now look at me as somebody who's got a valid point of view and they have for mm-hmm. a long time now, the last decade has been great. I mean, you erase something like that, you become a normal productive member of society again. And that was the goal, but nobody can look me in the eyes now that calls and said, I, I can't do this Bundy or I can't do this Chris. It's too hard. I did it. So I mm-hmm. promise you, I promise you yeah. that you can do it too, because I did it. And, and there's, and that's a miracle. It really is. We're going to get to what you're doing now, which is an incredible story in itself. But as we continue to talk about you finally coming in out of the dark, were you at a point where you were a volatile alcoholic? Was your family afraid of you? Were friends and, and were afraid to be around you and things like that? It's it's a great question. And you know what, Gunnar? The answer is no. I was not that guy to come home and destroy okay. things and to, to flip the house around. I was an introvert uh, alcoholic. I did not want my kids exposed to it. I knew right away. Like, I was the guy, the guy that was, as soon as I recognized I had a problem, like, oh, my God, this is not normal. Like, I know something's wrong. Where sometimes it'll take people eight or ten years to get to that point to even acknowledge the step one that I'm powerless over this. I have a problem and I need to fix it. And, and so I consider myself first for that. Maybe having enough intelligence in my head or, or fortitude or wherewithal to have said it, like, okay, yeah. I can't do this. This is this not normal. Nothing about it is normal. Um, but no, I was not that guy to come home. Uh, you know, I, I know you're saying, you know, you see stories sometimes they're sad, yep. you know, when you, you turn on a story, a guy came home and there was a domestic dis- dispute or a really bad drunk driving accident. Mm-hmm. I don't have a DWI. I have no idea how I don't have one. Uh, I never did, but I don't have any of those stories that, uh, uh, you know, you see on TMZ, uh, I consider myself a pretty vanilla uh, vanilla alcoholic story at the end of the yeah. day, but to me, it was, there was never anything, um, simple about it, uh, in my eyes. It was, it's all about recovery. Did it affect your play on the ice? A hundred percent. I mean, my last year, I shouldn't have even been playing. I don't think at any point up until that last year where I was 34, I was basically a seventh defenseman. Uh, never one part of that did it ever affect my career before the 2005, 2006 season. It was just, uh, I got through the first like 30 games. It was good. And then, you know, again, the old demons start hopping on you and, and, and they, they, uh, they come calling. So how did you keep this story hidden for so long? Because a lot of people now are like, wow, I never knew Chris Terrian went through something like this. Um, well, I think the anonymity through the AA program is good. You know, I mean, a lot of us, we, we protect each other, but I mean, you know, it's countless NHLers, countless professional athletes. Got them. You've been around them your whole life. You know, absolutely. I mean, these are these are things that players go through. 
I, I, I wish the prevention was almost better sometimes in these leagues. Uh, there's no question that I think this alcoholism uh, in me developed over my years in the NHL as the pressures mounted to, to be at the top, stay at the top. I was a top pair defenseman for 10 years. You know, I played with the best defenseman in the history of the franchise. Well, him or Mark Howe, Eric Desjardins. So there's pressures to be there, but at the same time, I had to produce, and I did mm -hmm. over the years. And I think a lot of my teammates understood that with me, that, hey, just leave this guy alone. He's one of those guys we don't even need to bother with. Just put him on the ice. He does his job. He's like a machine. Uh, and the game ends, and then you reprogram again the next one. When, when uh, you know, like Ken Hitchcock got here, uh, you know, he'd nitpick like your body percent was up a quarter. And you'd be like, it's because of drinking. All right. Well, if, I, I don't know that. But then you get guys saying, just leave him alone. There's other guys too. Just don't bother him because you're going to get the most out of him on the ice. And people say, would you have been better if he didn't drink? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know <so laughs> yeah. It's funny. You know, you don't, you just don't know how that would have changed. I've seen tough guys uh, over the years go through, uh, you know, I've seen their faces before where, you know, you got to fight the high school bully at three o'clock. I see that at 10 o'clock in the morning at morning skate where they know somebody else is on the other side. That's got to wear on you. I mean, that's got to, that's a, that's got to wear on your, on where you're at. Uh, so I've, I mean, I've seen lots of uh, different cases that present themselves to, to athletes to uh, that are burdensome, burdensome in your mm. career. Um, but that, but absolutely that last year was, uh, was, was terrible. I should have even been in the league. And uh, I was, and it, it just, it ended with a concussion in January uh, that I probably should have said, let me use this to get some help. And in turn, two weeks after that, I was off and running. And that's where the hell began uh, for the rest of my 2006 life. My goodness. As you look back on it now, is there one person that you can definitively say helped you come in from out of the darkness into the light? You know what? I, I will say that I had a, um, my sister, Sarah, was probably one of like the true great loves of my life. Uh, yeah. and, and she, she was just such an awesome person. Um, she, but she passed at 32 years old and, uh, you know, she, she knew it. She knew that I had a beautiful family, beautiful kids, little, and I remember her always saying to me, you know what, yeah, I love, I just love you to be able to get off this, you know, even the two mm -hmm. or three years that she'd seen it where I think it was progressing. Uh, so, from that standpoint now, I look at it with great pride and I sometimes look up to the sky and wink and say, you know what, I got this. Like, I, 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 I never say I won or I did it. I just say I've got this because it's still one day at a time. But I know she'd be proud of me, and I certainly know she'd be proud of how my kids look at me. That's the most important thing to me mm -hmm. now is that my, my kids look at me with respect mm -hmm. uh, and dignity. Uh, I'm just being a great dad, you know, and that's all I ever wanted to be. I never wanted to be anymore. I wanted to be a hockey player. God gave me the gifts to come uh, and, and be able to, uh, to translate that to a professional career. Uh, I consider myself as the, probably the luckiest man in the world that this whole journey has happened in Philadelphia, all of it and the mm. whole thing. And uh, that's what tethers me to this city. That's what makes me feel so close to it and why I've been able to start my new business in this city with as much love and admiration as I could have ever expected. Uh, it's been truly amazing. And it's because of Philadelphia. All right, let's get to your new business venture because I saw you announce it on your Facebook page last week. And I was like, wow, yeah, you purchased the Limitless Recovery Center, correct? In the Fishtown section of Philadelphia, you and three business partners. You're 49 years of age now, and look at what you're doing. You, you've lived, you've been through the murky waters. You've been in the dark tunnels. Now, 
Not only are you still standing at 49 years of age, now you are extending the olive branch, so to speak, in wanting to help so many others. What made you decide at this particular time of your life that this is what Chris Herrian's calling was? You know what, Gunnar? I, I looked about three or four years ago, I'd been approached by a group to say, hey, do you want to get involved in the, in the sober community uh, on a more professional level? And I said, let me think about it. You know, I, I, yeah. I was doing, you know, I was doing still broadcasting, doing the uh, between the benches and traveling, which takes up a lot of time. And <clears throat> that opportunity kind of fell by the wayside. But the last two years prior to the maybe the, the, the turn of the calendar this, this year, I had really been focused on trying to find a recovery center with good people. I knew there's a lot of people out there that just needed help. Um, tons of them. Now, now that turned it into 2020, which the pandemic uh, certainly unleashed a fury on this country mm-hmm. uh, in many different facets, not just with the virus itself, but with mental health issues, uh, addiction issues, and alcohol issues that have skyrocketed up over 200% in the 2020 since the pandemic began. Those numbers are insane. And that means that there's far too many people now that are sitting mm-hmm. in their homes drinking, exposing themselves to a lifestyle that they weren't doing pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the pandemic that put this in motion. It was already in motion. It was after the playoffs uh, this year that you know NBC made it and the Flyers made a change of direction. And that put me, I was never a guy who's going to sit around feeling sorry for myself. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, I enjoyed that job. I loved it. It was, it was me covering the sport that I played. And I always felt that I did a good enough job that I didn't annoy the fan base, mm-hmm. uh, you know, broadcasting. I was very, very truthful, very honest. Uh, and I loved it. And, and I enjoyed coming in to see guys like you and, uh, you know, John Clark. Just that was what I love. I love being around people. And yeah. that was a people job for me that uh, to, to be able to go in and say, hey, Gunnar, what's going on with the Eagles today? And, right. You, know, you, you throw one back at me talking about, uh, you know, the Flyers. That's just yeah. the camaraderie uh, and, and the, the stuff that we share together in, in a newsroom or a locker room. Uh, but this is a This is a whole different thing for me. Um, we are at Limitless uh, Recovery Center. We are an aftercare facility. So, mm-hmm. but that doesn't, that, that means really that if you're, um, you know, you've gotten past the point of getting detoxed, uh, your, your, uh, your um, long, uh, your, wherever you're staying, your long-term care stay, uh, you come to us in Fishtown. That's what we do in the aftercare. But if somebody has an issue, uh, we don't just say, oh, you got to call someone else. We'll handle that from soup to nuts. So somebody needs to be detoxed. We'll get them, make sure that they get to the detox. We have relationships with all kinds of long-term care facilities, detoxes. Uh, and then for aftercare, if, if it works in a um, geographical, uh, mm-hmm. in your geographical world, we'd love to have you. And if we can't, then we'll find someone else for you. It's not about you just coming to me. It's about me being able to provide that help for you, whatever it is, uh, whether it's, it's most people. Uh, I find, uh, you know, that are, are suffering right now and drugs and alcohol uh, need to be detoxed. That's the first thing. You got to get the drugs and alcohol out of the system mm-hmm. and then and then find out the reasoning why that that went on uh, to give them the best chance they can to to live a normal life. The aftercare at Limitless, we want people to understand, you know, when you go away to a rehab uh, and you're there for 30 days, it's yep. a safe environment. You know, you get the white picket fences around you. Everybody's kind of pulling the rope together. But the harsh reality is, is that, you know, you've got to go live life. You've got to hit the streets again. You know, you got a family, you got responsibilities, you're gonna have a job. Uh, you know, whether it was broadcasting at, at NBC or doing radio for the flyer, you mm-hmm. have to be get back to being part of society. And that's what we want to help you do. Because uh, you know, there's always a better version of yourself when you're in your addictive state. That's right. That's uh, you're right. never the best version of yourself when you are, but 
if you do get clean and sober and you do stay focused, I can promise you there's a much, much better world out there. I guarantee it. And that, and I, I'm living proof of it every single day. Here's what I love most about what you're doing is that this is not just a money venture for you. You are there daily, uh, rolling up the sleeves in the trenches, talking to people who are going through what you were able to overcome. And because of your name in not just Philadelphia, but this entire region, is it easier for you to get the ear of recovering alcoholics and recovering drug addicts? Because I'm talking to Chris Tarian. Yeah. You, you know, it's funny. Like, you know, last week, uh, I'll tell you a really uh, an interesting story. And it's happened two or three times. I, um, you know, whether it was somebody reaching out to me on one of the social media sites and it was a mom uh, up in, you know, you know, like near Bucks County area. And uh, she just sent me a message saying, you know, I'm, I'm really, really sad. My son's struggling and he's bringing, you know, alcoholism through the house. He's 24 years old. And yeah. I said, send me your cell phone number. And I mean, mm. picked up the call, just picked up the phone to call her and say, is he ready? You know, where's he at? She's not ready yet. I said, do me a favor. Keep my cell phone number. When he's ready, you give me a call. Whatever that help is that we're going to need, that's what we're going to do. And that's what I'm willing to do. I don't care if you, you know, uh, who you are, if you're a doctor, yeah. lawyer, uh, drive a Lamborghini, or if you're a person that's struggling, uh, unemployed right now, having financial troubles, we want to try to be the person that helps everybody. And when people think of recovery in the city of Philadelphia, I know there's other places, but I want them to think Chris Terry. I want them to, to understand that we will get you the help. I have a great partner also that helps that, that does amazing mm -hmm. work, but that's what I want. That's what I have. That's what has to happen for me uh, to be able to give back to as many people as I can. I love the fact that one thing I've seen Gunner in the yep. last couple of weeks since the article, the amount of people that have said, man, you've made me um, open up. You've made me kind mm -hmm. of take a hard look at myself in the mirror where someone said, wow, like I, like you said, I had no idea you had an issue mm -hmm. like this. Uh, and it's nice to see that somebody had put this back, never talked about it, and it is presented as a normal person in society. That's what they want. And I said, you guys mm -hmm. can have all that. You can have anything you want. Is You have control over you. You have control over your destiny and who you are, the kind of person you are, the kind of person you want to be. Those are life choices. You know, you have the choice to make those decisions every single day. And so, you know, I want everyone to know that. If you're struggling, we will find you help. Um, and, mm -hmm. and we'll place you somewhere, no matter what kind of, uh, no matter what your money situation is, uh, whether you're, you know, str struggling, no matter yeah. what level, if you're already detox and maybe you just need to come for aftercare, uh, we're here for you. And that's really the message I need out. You know, I, I knew going in, I'm sure you knew that this was going to be time consuming. It's not just a nine to five job. I mean, you and I went back and forth text messaging. Hey, can we do it Monday? Can we can we sit down Tuesday? Gunner, let me check my schedule. I don't know when I'm available. Can we do 1130, not 11 a.m., so on and so forth? Have you been overwhelmed in terms of your involvement so far? You know what? It's, it's, it, it is, but it's rewarding. You know, like I know okay. that's, that's why I did this. There's no, like I could say to myself, wow, it's a, that's a lot of work, a lot of calls coming in. That's what I want. Unfortunately, I don't always want them because I wish there was less addiction in the sure. store, but the amount of, amount, of, amount of people that have, have dialed us up that have checked out our website that have messaged me on social media places, uh, just whether it's a story of their own inspiration, yep. maybe somebody looking for help, but I love to hear that stuff. You know, when I pick up an even somebody sends me something, I love to hear some guy called and goes, Hey, you know, I got three weeks sober. I love that story. Mm. You know, three weeks, I had three weeks once, you know, 
you can do that. So just keep on going. That's my message to him. Just keep going, but don't, don't worry about it. Don't, don't celebrate the month, <laughs> you know, just yeah. keep on going right through. <laughs> do you still get the urge no, uh, to have, even. have a drink anymore? No, no, it's been, it's been long removed from the house. I mean, I mean I'm at a point now where I can, um, if I'm at a, a social function and people are drinking, it, it doesn't even bother me. It's not mm-hmm. even, it's not part of my uh, mental vocabulary anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen the destruction it, it's done. Uh, to me, I belittle it in my own mind. I, I think sure. it's far lesser than me. And, and I've almost put it, uh, you know, put like a name, uh, a name to the face of alcohol. So to me, I don't, it's, it's not part of our family. I do have 20 something odd girls. So, you know, again, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know what, that's, that's like I said earlier, that's part of the journey. You know, like, I'm not going to say, you know, you guys can't do that. I'm not that kind of dad. I'm, I'm okay. you know, I'm a little bit more progressive in that sense, yeah. but I understand people need to be people. Kids need to live. Everybody needs to make their own journey. And it's not necessarily you making it. I think your own journey just kind of will come to you as life comes mm-hmm. and uh, it's how you respond to them and, and how you, how you move forward with them. And that's what I'm trying to do with this, with, with limitless recovery. The numbers of alcoholics and, and people on drugs out there in America, and we're just talking about one country. It, it's staggering. The number of people that die from this is staggering. What's heartbreaking is the percentage that even want to get help is like less than 10%. And that's heartbreaking in a lot of ways, isn't it? It, it is. And that's, and that's really our biggest mission statement, I think, Gunnar at, at Limitless, is to say we need to break the stigma. Like, it's okay. You know, I remember, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with you. Yes, you have an addiction to something, yeah. but it doesn't mean you can't be a better, way better version. You don't need a, a, a drug or an alcohol in you uh, to, to have a great day. I don't look mm. at anything like that anymore. But you, um, there are a lot of people, there's too many people still not going out and asking for the help they need. Yeah. Uh, and they need to do that because it's, it, there are people out there like myself, even people, other hundreds of people in this, in this uh, yeah. um, environment that are willing to help to put their arms around them. I'm a hugger. You know, I'm a guy that says like, I, yeah. you know, I'll put my arm around the guy and say, look, you can do this. Like, you know, we got your back. Uh, it's like a team. I look at it very much like a team, you know, where guys on the ice, you know, I got to do my job for, for my teammate. And it's no different, I think, in, in, in my approach to recovery is that I'm not, I'm not going to let anybody down in this. Mm. So, you know, ride shotgun with me. Let's see where we can go with this. And, uh, but I can promise you that my life changed way better for the better uh, than, than the one that I had when I was, you know, when I was in an alcoholic state. And the wheels are already spinning. You want to open more facilities in the Philadelphia area. Is that correct? My whole goal was to get one, which was to really the, the couple of guys that started the mom and pop shop. Right. I retained one of the owners, Dominic Chavon, who's a, uh, a recovered heroin addict. Uh, he tells mm. a story. He's 30 years old. He stopped when he was 22. Eight years sober from that, uh, that, that awful, awful addiction of uh, uh, you know, heroin. And now it's not even just heroin anymore. It's, they mix this stuff's mixed with fentanyl. Um, sadly, we see deaths every, mm. all the time, you know, young people with drugs is the one that kills me too. So as a dad, uh, that has kids in public school, I've seen a lot of pain, I've seen a lot of pain the last five yeah. years of, um, of what fentanyl's done to these kids, uh, the addiction, uh, the addiction that they go through, and that has to change. The stigma has to change of what alcohol and drugs is. And it's and to let yourself know that it's okay to ask for help and that you're not going to be somebody who's going to be shuffled into the closet because you've had an ailment. That's not the way it is. Mm. If you, 
blow your knee out or you, you break an arm, it, that's an ailment. You have a chance to fix that and repair it. To me, that's on par with alcoholism. People may not look at it like that, but I look at it as something that's broken in you and you have an opportunity to fix it. I am a little surprised, though, that you're willing to give out your personal cell phone number to Whatever people. But then, but then that, that tells me how serious this is to you. Yeah, I, you know what? It, whatever it takes. And I understand that that person, you know, I don't think that person is going to go put my cell phone number to 50 people. But if, it, right. if she did or he did, um, you know, well, maybe one of those 50 will need help. So maybe they'll call. Mm. But that's that's the way I have to look at it. And I have to put myself out there all the way. There's no halfway in this. I don't yep. think, Gunner. I think it's all the way or no way. And I'm to be honest with you. That's been my whole life. It's either been full speed or no speed. And uh, you know what? It, it's, I think it's paid a lot of dividends. Probably put me behind the eight ball at times. But you know what? Yeah. That, that's who I am. That's my life. Um, it's always 100%, 110% of whatever I do. And I can assure you right now with this, there's no sidestep in anything. We're mm-hmm. making sure I'm on. I talk to everybody every day. How we make it out. If we missed anybody, don't miss anybody. Make sure everybody gets a place to go. And that's really, that's that's my biggest message to my group, even though I'm a newcomer in it. Dom's been in the business quite some time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have almost that no man left behind type of No man, no woman left behind. If you're struggling and you reach out to us, we'll be there for you. I know you talked about your mission statement a few moments ago, but for everybody out there listening to my podcast, what do you tell everybody who can hear this podcast? If you have an addiction, whether it's alcohol or drugs, what would you tell them in terms of trying to find a way to get 100% better? You have something to live for. You are loved by somebody in this world. I can promise you that. And you're hurting somebody really, really badly right now is suffering because of what you're going through. So I want that person to know that it is not the end of the world. You have something that's broken that can be fixed and that I want them to know that if they call me or they talk to me or they hear my story, you cannot look, I said earlier, you can't look at me in the eyes and say, you can't do it because I should be dead or I could have been dead at that Mm -hmm. number that I was at with, with alcohol. And I want them to know that you'll find a safe place with us. It's okay. You know, life's a grind. You know, and, and as, it, as it already is, and it, it's certainly a far bigger grind when you're in an, an addictive state. But I want people to know that we will be here for you. I'll be here for you. That's yeah. what I did. That's what I was as a teammate, a broadcaster. And I want them to know that don't be scared. That's People are always scared. I think there was a part of me that wishes I went back. My biggest regret was maybe I was scared. Don't mm. be scared. Let it out. It's okay. Because uh, we have to erase the fact that this is not, again, you're not a bad person you're not somebody who's you know that that decided to make this choice it happened yeah. for whatever reason and i want you to know that chris terry and limitless recovery and the people i work with are here for people in philadelphia especially delaware valley that need help so sorely well said my friend do you think you'll ever get back into broadcasting uh, <laughs> <laughs> i should be asking you that too <laughs> i know i know <laughs> you know what I'll tell you what, I never say no to anything. Um, right, right. So if, if somebody called me and said, hey, we'd like to re- reinvestigate, uh, you know, moving forward, I would. I mean, listen, right. I just, I like being around people. Right, I like right. talking about sports. Um, 
I did it in a way that didn't, I, I still think it's annoying, but I, I, I certainly enjoyed that. And if nothing else, Gunner, over 14 mm-hmm. years of going in and out those doors, I got to meet great people like yourself. And, Thank uh, you, my brother. So many others in there, Joe Ford. It's just great, great people. Yeah. Uh, so for, th- for those memories, uh, I will always cherish them. Like, you know, Michael in there, it just, those were really, really good days. And, yeah. and, I, and I think that uh, they're very much part of my story. Um, so to me, broadcasting, it was a special thing. I enjoyed it. Uh, I'll never say no to anything. Right. But uh, this, this has to be and will be my, my priority and focus moving forward. See, when people ask me that question, my my consummate answer has been when man closes one door, God opens another one, you know, and, you know, he took me out of one situation. Maybe he'll send me back to it again. I don't know. But because of, I've had to kind of reinvent myself doing a podcast, working for other sports entities, you know, I'm having fun with it now. You know, I get to do stuff like my own podcast now, talk to great people and great friends like you and hear great stories like you just told. So, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but you know what? I don't worry about it because when it's supposed to happen, it's going to happen. And you know what, Gunnar, like, uh, you know, I've seen you over the years, too, and the relationship that you've had with your players, those are so unique yeah. now. Thank and you, I man. love yeah. that. Like, I love that stuff when I see it after a game, you know, with Big G or whoever it is. But I'm an Eagles season ticket holder. It's, uh, been, it's yeah. been another huge part of my recovery. You know, I, I take my girls down to games on Sundays, me and one of them. We spend such great time together. It's been such great father-daughter, father-son opportunities. and uh, But those relationships that I see, like, those are so gone yeah, um, uh, that that kind of love between a player and a, a broadcaster that really cares about a team, and and so for when I've seen that with you over the years, boy, that's a that's a really really cool thing to see because I'm a throwback old school guy. Yeah, me too. Uh, I, I yeah. see the respect that the, the players uh, in this city have had for you, and it's amazing. It really is. Thank you, my brother. I, I, I can't thank you enough. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm sure most of you already know Chris Tarian was the longest tenured flyer defenseman in the history of that organization. He's gone through the dark waters. He He's seen the other side. He's now seen the light. And he's not just putting money behind what he's gone through. He's putting himself uh, heart and soul into what he's doing now. So if anybody out there needs help, in terms of overcoming alcoholism, a drug addiction, uh, please give Chris Terrian a call, even his personal cell phone. Give Chris a call. Uh, he is the owner of the Limitless Recovery Center in the Fishtown area of Philadelphia. And in the near future, uh, they're going to branch out, opening more facilities Gosh. in the Philadelphia area. Um, you know what? Don't hide behind a, a drink. Don't hide behind a drug because there is a better way. Uh, growing up as a kid, um, I had family members and friends who were alcoholics and, and, and got involved in the drugs and didn't know how to get out. And it's unfortunate that so many Americans, millions of Americans are suffering from this because it is a disease. But there is a way, as you just heard Chris talk about, there is a way to overcome and defeat this, this demon of a disease. Just take that initial step. Take that leap of faith and reach out to somebody like Chris Terrian's organization who can help you come in from out of the dark. Once again, he is Chris Terrian. Follow him on Twitter at CTerrian6. Also follow him on Facebook, Instagram. Don't look for him to talk about sports. He's got a more important mission to talk about right now in his life. And it's a mission a lot of people out there uh, need to pay attention to. So my brother, my friend, I know your time is limited. I promise you I wouldn't keep you all day. I thank you for the, m- the minutes you gave me, man. Keep doing what you're doing. I- I'm-, I'm one of many out there praying for you. 
in terms of your success with this facility and many more. And if you ever need me for anything, you know, you, all you have to do is call me. Gunner, you're a great friend, a great friend for life. My only yeah, goal brother. this summer is to give you a smack around on one of those black stones there. Because it's time for, time for cooking off. Time for cooking off. Uh-oh, you got a Blackstone? I'm getting one now, man. I seen you out there. I said, look at that gunner go out there. I said, I got to take him down. <laughs> hey, make sure you get the four burner. Don't get the little ones. Get the get the four burner. And um, I'm going to tell you something, man. In a lot of ways, I've I've had it less than half, a, less than a year. I haven't used it as much, but I'm talk, making smash burgers. You can make like 72 strips of bacon on this thing at one time. You can put 30-something pancakes on yeah. there at one time. And then I saw in the box, here was the seller. On the box, it said, you can put 16 T-bone steaks on there at one time, you know? Yeah. And uh, so my producer, from uh, one of my producers from my podcast, Elvin Shabazzian, he went out and bought one, and now he's become a Blackstone grill master. So I've got people buying these things. You know what? i got to call Blackstone and tell them they need to be a sponsor for my podcast. Absolutely. I'm getting a lot of those doggone things sold for them. You, you're damn right, Gunner. They owe you, <laughs> they owe you a new grill every year. But you know hey, even, was, Chris, even Chris Terrian has it. He's going to get one now. I am. But Gunner, seriously, buddy, I, yeah, I appreciate yeah. your support so much um, yeah, man. over the years, both as a friend, uh, someone to uh, just talk to, just have, go through the newsroom and talk yeah. to. And I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, I know you'll have my back moving forward. Yes. And, uh, you do have a great podcast and only good things coming for you too, my friend. I know that. Thank you, my brother. I can't thank you enough. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening in to this latest edition of Gun on One, the podcast. This has been one of my favorite ones with a, a very special person, a special friend in Chris Terrian. And so as I tell each and every one of you after conclusion of my podcast, stay blessed out there, especially what, with, with what we've been going through over the last year. But more importantly, continue to be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. So until next time, so long, everybody. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Elvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Elvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.